This is Terrell Next on Neurotech, chasing breakthroughs from the bay to your brain. In this episode, I interview Mo and Ben, who are from You, the Brain Company, which is a company working on deep brain stimulation devices. I hope you enjoy this episode and thank you for listening. Welcome, everyone. This is Turtle Next on Neurotech, and I'm your host, AJ. And today I have um, Mo and Ben of You, the Brain Company. Welcome. Hey, what's up? Yeah, great for having me. Yeah, Thank awesome. You. Cool. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. And just to kind of start off the podcast, um, can you just like let me know, like tell us a bit about your company, uh, who you are, a little bit of your backgrounds? Yeah, uh, so I'm Mo. Uh, so our company, our company is called You the Brain Company. Um, and we do new types of brain stimulation for many types of psychiatric and neurological disorders. So I went to school at OSU for a little bit, and then I stopped to start this company. I love neuroscience. Like, that's, <laughs> that's like, my thing. Like, I like, I love neuroscience. I just love neuroscience. Um, and so, yeah, no, when I started this, I was, I mean, I'm very happy because this is a fun job. Like, <laughs> like I'm happy that I am doing this, you know, other mm-hmm. than, like, school, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, I mean, I'm happy. Yeah. So, I mean, you, the brain company, uh, we do new types of brain stimulation and I love neuroscience. Yeah. I went to school at OSU. Cool. Yeah. I'm Ben, uh, I'm a Cornell student. Um, I had a brain injury my freshman year, so I had to drop out. So the last couple of years I've been actually at a community college, but <clears throat> I've been doing my own thing with startups. I've been trying to develop something with, um, couple friends of mine and we haven't yet gotten a product off the ground so right now we're working on a remote uh, dance studio and yoga studio basically zoom for dance and yoga studios and uh, Mo found me through LinkedIn Uh, we talked about how I had a injury he wanted me to try out his device and uh, now I have it so I've been using it and uh, I can definitely say that it it does it does help and uh, so I'm proof that it works, and I'm a, I'm a, I can, I'm an evangelical, brand evangelical. Awesome. Because it yeah. actually works for me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and also, yeah, I was curious, like, um, so how did you become, like, interested in developing this technology, and, like, what were, like, some of those steps that led you to developing this, especially since, um, you know, learning, like, you were a student when you started your company, like, you know, that'd be very interesting to learn about. Yeah, so... I mean, I've been reading about neuroscience and neurotech for like years, like kind of hardcore too. <laughs> like I would spend eight to 12 hours every single day reading scientific papers on this specific topic, like getting crazy deep into it. And like when I was first reading it, and I used to do this for like days and days and days, like I, I was doing this for like, I think four years straight you know, missing a day here and there or whatever. But um, when I first started reading it, I was just like so amazed about the new language that I was learning because like it was a new language, you know what I'm saying? So I like the fact that when I read a scientific paper, it was like reading 10 books in like three pages because it's so dense and so fast that you're just immediately picking up new info, you know? So... I've always been passionate about 
the mind, the brain, like physics. And one day when I was at Chipotle, and oh man, dude, I love Chipotle. <laughs> one day I was at Chipotle, bruh, straight up. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly how this idea was created because it was crazy. I was at Chipotle and I saw a vent on the wall, like a, like a vent, like a straight up vent with holes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I imagined that vent on somebody's brain. And then I imagine running electricity in that vent in like specific ways, like in specific geometries. What you can do is that you can control the geometry of the field that you generate and you can have them interact inside the brain in specific ways. And so at that point in time, literally everything I was seeing in the world, I was relating back to the brain. I was like, okay, what does this have to do with neurotech? What does this have to do with neuroscience? What does this have to do with the brain? You know what I'm saying? So after that, it was like a eureka moment. And then I finished my burrito. I was like, okay, well, let's go back to what's important, right? Finish my burrito. And then I went and looked at some research papers online that I was reading. Um, and I connected them more on a deeper level because that was super visual. I connected more on a deeper level. And I was like, ah. I was like, I can probably do something here. I created this short presentation about all the connections and then all the papers I was connecting and then just talking to people in the community, found some people. They were like, go do this, go do that, learn this, learn that, connect to this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, blah, 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 blah. And then a year and a half later, right now, started using the, I started using the device a year ago, like literally a year ago. I, started getting more people to use the device, Ben using the device, other people using the device. And I'm, now it's like, oh my gosh, this thing works. Like, this is wild, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's how I was. I love nurse. I used to go crazy deep. Like, I would sit at Starbucks for like hours, bro, reading papers. <laughs> like, my desk at Starbucks would be textbooks, medical textbooks, and like scientific papers. And people are like, what do you, don't you do anything all that? I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, I'm, re I'm having fun. Like, it's not like I'm bored. <laughs> right, you know right. what I'm saying? So, so yeah, that's how, that's how I came up with it. Uh, it was at Chipotle. And, you know, Chipotle, man, you know, you can't go wrong with Chipotle. I mean, Chipotle is the plug, that's for sure. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and definitely, that, that's really awesome. And um, yeah, so I was kind of looking at like, what was like your process like when you were recruiting people to help you out with your company? Because I'm imagining it takes like, like a whole team to, to go from like idea to, to prove a concept. Yeah. I wouldn't even say I was recruiting people um, because I have no idea what to do sometimes. <laughs> so when I talk to people, I'm like, Oh my goodness, this person knows a lot. And then I ask this person to help me and help this company. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, please, like, we need your brain. Like, we need you. We, know, we don't know what to do. You know what to do. Um, so the first person I ever met was, like, and I have no idea how I met this dude. It was Dr. Jeffrey Spitzner, a PhD, went to MIT. First person part of this company. He, I was, like, because I wasn't even business networking at the time. So that was, like, my first connection, like, my first network. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I went to his house and he was literally like, FDA, bah, 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 bah. and he was going fast. He was going fast. 
And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, there's a lot to learn. And so, but he kept, you know, he was, he said like, okay, you know, he's like, I love your concept. You just have, a, you have to learn all this stuff. I was like, okay, fine. Cause you have to learn about how to manufacture things, how you uh, do the FDA, how you do the clinical trials. And then I started, and then I started learning the language from him. He started telling me this language. And I started learning that language and I started repeating that language to other people. And I started getting, I brought a doctor on board and then uh, some people to help with grants and stuff. And I brought some PhDs, um, like engineers. And I brought uh, 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 students to help with uh, networking, marketing. Um, then we brought some more engineers and it just kept growing and growing. And then like, I'm so surprised. Like I literally, dude, had a presentation, like a 30 slide deck presentation and now it's like so like a lot of people know who we are and i'm like wow. whoa like that's that's cool to look back on but yeah no just keep talking get to talking to people low key though like i'm not even when i'm connecting to people i'm not even connecting for a reason other than like trying to pick their brains you know like ben and i we connected this like i was he said something about like self organization which is like this philosophy on how like systems grow and stuff and he like wrote that on his bio and I was like, okay, well, that's like a deep concept. I was like, not many people just like throw that out there casually. <laughs> I was like, there's, he didn't just throw it out there casually. So I uh, sent him a message about it and I started talking to him. I was like, dude, and I was like, this guy is amazing. Um, then we started connecting a bit more. So, I mean, I'm just going with the flow, you know, whoever like come, you know, like whoever I'm connecting, I'm connecting, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. Nice. Awesome. And yeah, and then for Ben, I was just kind of curious, like I saw that you were the like financial advisor, right, for, for you. And besides, you know, having experienced the product itself, like what do you, like what's your role and like how have you seen like the company um, in a sense grow, or, you know, since your time there? Well, I, I've been tapping brain injury support groups. So I guess I'm in charge of, as I said, brand evangelical, brand basically spreading the word because I'm not allowed to actually sell anything. I'm not allowed to um, sell it because it's not FDA approved yet. So all I can do is tell people about it. And uh, I, I don't usually even say it's a company because I don't want to come off as a salesperson. I just tell right. them, uh, this is research that I'm involved in. And we're trying to find people who are willing to test it out. And people are, are right now, they can't do anything in person because uh, everything's shut down. But once everything opens up, there's a lot of people who do want to try it out. I can say that LinkedIn is low-key the most important social network right now for making any type of connection because it seems that unlike others, it actually has real people on it. Um, and so that's how Mo and I met. And that's how we've been able to find a whole bunch of other people, uh, from investors to advisors. And it's uh, definitely something I advise uh, for making the connections, especially during the shutdown, but just generally. It can make a lot of connections before you make a physical or personal connection. But... That being said, I can still meet a lot of people through the Zoom calls and various uh, groups, uh, such as the Brain Injury Support Group, but also depression uh, clinics, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, you know, support groups. Support right. groups are, if you're trying to help somebody with your company, with a product or just your mission, you want to be in these support groups because these people are desperate for help. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, no, that's actually really great to hear that, that there's like some sort of like personal experience with like 
um, you know, we're working with people who have experienced some of the issues that we talked about. Because we're talking about uh, deep brain stimulation, and we, I kind of want to talk more about that. Like, um, if you want, can you explain to the audience a little bit, like, what that is, and like, kind of a little bit yeah. deeper? Yeah. So yeah, let's get deeper. Well, Moalza is an allegory um, from a from, from a brain injury standpoint. Um, what this device does, and I guess what deep brain stimulation does to a, a, an injured brain is, so think of an injured, concussed brain as uh, a bruise. Think of it as a bruise. And it technically sort of is, but if a brain was actually bruised, I'd be in much worse shape, much worse shape than I am. It's more just like a, a, a pressure sore or it's been bumping around the skull. But think of it as a bruise for the moment. This device and deep brain stimulation generally seems to be almost like, yeah, it's a hot and cold patch for the brain, essentially. And it doesn't necessarily fix the bruise, but it makes it feel better such that you can move around without exacerbating it. And you can mm. think without exacerbating it. I'm tying the two allegories up. But just like you'd have a bruise on your leg and it hurts when you move your leg and you put the press on, it doesn't feel as bad. Same thing with, with your brain. If you think... It exacerbates the cold patch or the deep brain stimulation on that it doesn't hurt as much. So you can actually operate normally. Awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. And it's like actually a pretty like simplified way that I've heard it. <laughs> Cause like, I don't know. I, I'm also like someone studying neuroscience. And I've heard about deep brain stimulation, at least for um, treating like depression, major depression, if like medications haven't been working. So that's like one application that at least I'm aware of that you know would be that's interesting to hear and yeah no that's cool um so let's see and since y'all y'all were talking about how the product hasn't been fda approved like at what stage are y'all at right now like and what's that kind of process like of getting a product fda approved so far oh yeah and so there's this is very important there's different tracks there's fda approval there's fda clearance um there's investigational device exemptions there's many different tracks moving through inside and outside the fda so this is also considering us only and there's also international things that we have to consider so right now yeah our device is not fda cleared or approved yet Specific diseases have specific pathways. If you go for a more serious disease like depression, it's much more difficult to get it out to market. But if you go for something, a lighter disease like anxiety, you go a little bit faster, right? Um, so right now we're running clinical trials, running IRB trials, um, having consented individuals volunteer to use the device, and we're acquiring initial safety and effectiveness data. We have quite an abundance of safety data, um, both both short-term and long-term with this device. Um, and the effective data is initially very good as well for a variety of disorders. And we're looking to collect more data as the months go on. Once the device is FDA cleared, we're able to prescribe it to individuals for generalized anxiety and insomnia, hopefully, and then um, be able to start helping these people. For running clinical trials, um, we're looking to run some clinical trials for major depressive disorder. Um, and after that, go through the FDA approval process with the device for major depressive disorder. Gotcha. Okay, so, so it sounds like a two-layer process. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. two-layer process. Gotcha. That's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, because like, um, it's, it's interesting to hear because like, it's, it's a lot to get 
something out into the public like this, especially like, I don't know, because one thing that at least I think about when it comes to like medical devices or anything of the sort, like why don't things come out fast, but it makes sense. You have to go through a lot of these trials. And given that we're, that we're going through the COVID pandemic, how has that like affected the clinical trial process for you guys? We, no, this, the COVID thing has been great. Uh, we are, we are, the COVID thing helped us a lot. You know, COVID thing did not slow us down all right. at all. So if anything sped us up because now we're all at home, we're all on LinkedIn. And so we're all, le- we're all connecting with each other. In fact, our business actually grew during COVID. Oh, wow. I was like, what? Uh, yeah, we connected to a ton of people. And that's because people had like a lot more time. Right. People like, ah, you know, I'll learn something new, like, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, uh, COVID was great. We, we've had, we, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna run some IRB studies very soon. Yeah. So I, COVID didn't really affect us at all because this device is portable. You use this device at home. So it's not like, oh no, I can't go to the hospital. It's like, oh, you, you're not, you're not supposed to go to the hospital for this. So. Right. Probably really didn't affect us. If excuse me, COVID affected us in a very positive way because gotcha. more people talk about us, which awesome. is like okay, you know, you know, know def- definitely, yeah, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And what do you call it? And since it's always interesting, kind of hearing about how has COVID like affected companies because some companies it's probably boosted them. Like I know for for example, telehealth is one huge avenue where that's been like a major improvement. Um, yeah, improvement, my bad. And for other companies, it might have slowed them down a little bit just because there's that need to be physically present with people. But yeah, no, it's definitely a very interesting way to see how that's been affecting them. And let's see, what's it like being someone who was in college, starting a company? That's our, I think I already asked that, but it's that's always a very interesting perspective. And have you... No, that, that is, yeah. And I don't want to cut you uh, So that that was the thing some people are like okay you're 22 Mm -hmm. how are you doing this and like why do you know this and like how can we trust you and i'm like sometimes like you know that's very valid point you know i am 22 but we have quite a bit of doctors um and researchers very very credible supporting all this work and so when I was in college, I was more passionate about this very, very tiny, tiny, tiny thing in neuroscience, neurotechnology, neurostimulation, non-invasive DBS, and that I was decided, you know, if, if anything, I want to spend the rest of my life doing this. So it made sense, you know, because, and plus this technology is very new, like on the end of neuroscience. So there was no research program or PhD or class I could take on this. Like right. I was connecting papers published in 2018 and 19. Like the next, the thing that we're doing is so new that we have to be, we have to self-advise ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. so we have to like guide ourselves on it. So that's when I knew I was like, okay, school can't teach me this in research really couldn't teach me this. I have to really buckle down and kind of dig this, the physics of all this very deeply. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And what was like the most challenging part about that? Cause it's, it's, cause this is like, 
it sounds like you're walking into like uncharted territory or like territory that's been slightly explored or kind of explored, but not into that much depth. Yeah. What's the most challenging part? People not responding to you on LinkedIn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's, yeah. Um, that is a challenge. Some people are just like, who, I mean, some people kind of pass it by because it sounds too esoteric. They're like non-invasive DBS. They're like, what is you know, that about? That's um, if you're lucky. You... I was yeah, saying well, we... that when they leave you on red, that's the most frustrating thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, dude, let's just talk, please. Definitely. Like, let's get, let's get on the phone. Like, listen, exactly. I know you're skeptical. So I, I, the most difficult thing is, and it's not difficult anymore, is people asking, like, why hasn't this been done? Mm-hmm. Um, it seems too simple, too good to be true. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Let's still talk about it. Ask me deeper questions. Like, some people, like, I urge people to ask me, like, questions on a very deep level. Mm-hmm. Um, just so they understand how much this was thought out. Because this was thought out on a very... And I think Ben and I spoke about this, the complexities of our understandings of the brain, um, the, the universe, and all these different types of physics with the brain. We spoke about it on a very deep level. And so that is the, that's the pushing factor of the company. You know? um, and it's difficult. I, would love, I love people asking me these challenging questions, asking me these very deep questions, you know? And uh, so I can we can show you guys that we've thought about it very deeply, like really deeply, (laughs) like not even, I'm not even playing about how deep this shit goes, but. (laughs) Or or don't be afraid to admit that you aren't familiar with this uh, sort of technology and, and refers to somebody who is don't, don't mistake your lack of understanding for uh, a fault of our product or us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, And also this is more for the audience. So the zoom call that we're on is going to run out, but there's a lot, there are a lot more questions I want to ask. So this is a little intermission. Cool. So we're, uh, welcome everyone. We're back after that short intermission. And yeah, so we're just continuing the conversation we just had uh, with Mo and Ben. Unfortunately, Ben might have to leave in a little bit, which is fine. Happens. But yeah, definitely. So like, what's like one of the, the things that people have asked you about your company that has been like a challenge that you still have to work on? Or what are some things that you feel like can still be improved? Ooh. Uh, everything. Well, everything can be improved. Absolutely. Everything can be improved. Um one thing that people ask us is sometimes, okay, you know, do you guys have placebo data? We do not. We actually have one placebo data coming out um, in comparison to the device. I think I think the question, actually. Ben, do you want to take this question? <laughs> <laughs> it's not my I company. I, I can't say that. I just know that I asked you about placebos. I don't know if you're confusing it. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, so challenging questions. I mean, I wouldn't say so questions are challenging. The questions that are challenging are basically around, like, things that we just haven't yet because we 
they don't have didn't have the resources to do it. There hasn't been any challenging questions with the science. There hasn't been any challenging questions with the engineering. Um, there's more challenging questions like, okay, did you run this clinical trial? No. And that's just because we haven't yet. Like, right. So the challenging questions just come from like, okay, we just haven't done it yet. Just mm-hmm. like it's coming. We just, we, I can't answer that question, sir or ma'am, because we are still in the process of developing, we're like getting that thing done. Right. But there hasn't been any challenging science questions or anything. A, a lot of that yeah. stuff is outside our control anyway. It's right. all up to the government. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Government, oh, bro, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we love the government. I mean, we, this is that regulations are so necessary, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Because I see how people could abuse some things in terms of like Higher taxes, medicine, medical devices. Police. So it's necessary. I totally understand that. I like yeah. that. What do you call it? Yeah, because we were talking about earlier how like um, the process of getting an, something FDA approved. And it makes sense though too, because it would because if if we were able if we were able to just put out a product just out of nowhere without really testing it or vetting it through the system, it would be pretty dangerous and like everyone. There's a lot of liability there, so it makes sense to have a process like this where you know you have to make sure it's tested, to make sure that you're cleared for specific diseases, and that you can't go outside that scope of it, but it's interesting kind of seeing like um, asking more questions of, okay, this technology has this use so far, where else can we take it? You know, like, have you, how often has that happened with you guys when you were thinking, okay, this is where the technology we have right now is at, where else can we take it? I love this question so much. Yeah. Can we take this? Oh, I am. Yeah. I, I, I'm thinking about this technology 30 to like 50 years from now. Um, where can we take it far mm-hmm. far like it's outside the, I, I, all i can say is it's really outside the scope of this it's a lot we can take this we have a lot ben and i have a lot of ideas on what we want to do in the future and we're kind of like unifying all the ideas together hmm. you, you don't mind uh, spilling the tea on some of those ideas <laughs> all i can say is you know Neuroscience is not going to be medical. Oh, you know, neuroscience is going to be, uh, neuroscience is going to, this type of technology is going to move outside of medicine at some point. Right. You know? So I'll leave it at that. But, you know, give it a surprise. Give it a surprise. You know what I'm saying? Give it a mystery. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Because, like, I feel like with any time I think about neurotech, I always go immediately to, like, like, oh, what do you call it? Like, probably like Neuralink or just like that idea of, like, um, human computer interface, or uh, I forget the term, um, for mm-hmm. it, but just like that human connection with com- computers and machinery. And like, I don't know, like, do, did you, okay, so did you always feel like you, like growing up or even like within the past five years that you would ever see yourself working in neurotech or doing something in the neurotech space? I feel like, Mo, you, you already answered this a little bit with like reading papers since however however old you were so uh i would say like i knew i was gonna be in this field for life um i did want to start a company um i did not know that i would should do it so soon the minute Mm -hmm. i connected with papers at chipotle um in my head visually i knew that if i didn't act on this now that it would pass me by 
Right. Um, that this, you know, that this type of technology is so important that it actually is more important than the school that I was in right now. Um, so, brain-computer interfaces and all this fun stuff. Uh, they're going to be more relevant in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to caution the public to let them know that anything that should be the involved in this field has to be done safely, very right. safely. And so I really want to avoid invasive things uh, for now. Mm-hmm. Um in the future, there's so many things that can be done. Um, mm-hmm. All I could say is, yeah, I, I like, I am, like, I, I'm going to die one day. <laughs> doing that. I'm, right. I'm being very, very passionate and serious about that comment. I love this so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I always knew I was going to be in this field. Um, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, let me see. I'm just kind of curious. Like, what, what do you think is like some advice that you'd offer to someone who is interested in, you know, pers- pursuing neurotech or getting involved in some way, shape, or form? Um, especially if they're younger, you know. Um, you know, like you're face. You're talking to someone who's like, let's say you're, you're talking to someone who's like your age right now, in college. Like, what would you tell them? Uh, all these ideas that come out, these new radical ideas that change the world are super crazy effort. And you have to have a deep belief that those wild ideas have some prompt like prominence, relevance. So never dismiss an idea because someone says no or it can't be done or I haven't seen that before. In fact, that should be when you should go all in on that idea, when you should go a little bit deeper on the idea. What I would say to people my age, um, so I'm 22, Ben and we're both 22. Um, I, I, people my age, I think people are always just like, I want to get my PhD, I want to get my MD, I want to go do this, go do that. I want to, you got to like chill. You know, you got to literally live in the moment because you're going to like, you know, one day you're going to want a family and you're going to maybe want to go vacation or something. Um, Maybe you're like looking back, you're like, oh man, I should have hanged out with more people, hanging out with my friends more or something. You can't, you don't put your ego, uh, at a later point in time, put your identity with the time point in time. Now you got to just be happy. You literally have to be happy. You know, I, cause I'll, here's a funny thing. So I literally worked at a hospital, like doing scribing. Like I was like listening to what the doctor is saying and writing in a notebook. And I worked at a concrete company where I was laying down concrete on the road. And I would rather take the concrete company any day of the week, any day. In fact, I would be pat more passionate. I, I would kind of like want to take the concrete, like, like with even less pay. Like I don't even care, you know, because in the concrete, I was like making friends. <laughs> we were lifting stuff, like having PB and J lunches, bro. It was like, it was awesome. 
Yeah. It was amazing. I was having so much fun. But like people would be like, oh, but you're not, you know, you're not working at a hospital, you know? Or, you know, that's a hospital. That's a nice job. Like, I'm happy. You can't, you can't tell someone not to do something, you know, if it makes them happy. Right. Um, so w- the advice I would give to uh, people uh, my age right now is you have to do what makes you happy. Like, you're, I guarantee you, you killing yourself um, with all these tasks and volunteering, shadowing, research, trying to become a doctor to get your MD is not, once you get your MD, you are not going to be happy. I guarantee it. I literally guarantee it. Um, you going to the Harvard pre-med is not going to make you happy. I guarantee it. Um, you got to do what makes you happy. You literally have to do it. You're only like 22. Like Your right. life hasn't even started. <laughs> you got to do what makes you happy. You have to do what makes you happy. Don't, don't let other people's... You have your own dream. Have your own dream. Build your build your own mind. Build your own brain. Mm, that's that's raw. <laughs> no, but yeah, well, per, that's, Alex, that's you. You asked uh, what we should tell young people who want to get into neurotech specifically, and no, that's a great yep. answer for entrepreneurship generally. But for neurotech specifically, it comes down to two uh, studies: neuroscience and electrical engineering. High schoolers can start preparing for those classes early on by. Buckling down on biology, which is not a particularly difficult class in high school, in my opinion, and math, which typically is taught very poorly. But mm-hmm. if you can oh, really totally. get the math, if you can get the math, and that's electrical engineering, most 75% of electrical engineering is just math. And uh, there's very few resources at this moment to expose high school students to a good engineering preparation. There's no ed techs for preparing high school students for engineering. And that's an ed tech opportunity. Um, But if you focus on the math, if you try to get as much math uh, under your belt in high school as possible, then you can move on to other uh, electrical engineering topics such as uh, signals, processing, and information theory. Um, And and that really will help with technology aspects of neurotech and then the neuro uh, part comes from neuroscience which you learn a little bit about in uh, AP or higher level biology but again that's a topic that can be learned early on in high school so neurotech is not out of the reach of high schoolers but it's definitely um, it, it requires a lot of, of difficult subject matter. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. That's actually really good to think about because I feel like every time I talk about neurotech with people, I always talk about them, talk about it from like a college perspective. Like you're in college, you have an interest in so-and-so thing. How do you pursue this? But I think like, what, like you said, going back to high school is a good way to look to approach it because I feel like the younger you can go, the probably the better, especially for the future. If you're trying to raise, um, uh, you know, like a, uh, the future of science the future the future science um innovators is the better word for it and just kind of fostering that fostering that interest younger so yeah that's the biggest the the biggest gap that me and mo have actually discussed is there is nothing that exists to help high schoolers read research papers and that's precisely what allowed mo and it's what allows um many people i know to start medical device companies is being able to read uh research papers Yes. 
Because, yes, I, I 100% agree with that. Because... Um, of uh, classes in college by reading research papers and then educating yourself to uh, the research paper. And that, yeah. that really right there is key to actually innovating with a medical device. People right. ask Mo, why doesn't anything like this exist? It's because there's so few people who can read research papers. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that because this is something I, this is from my personal experience. Uh, I didn't learn how to read research papers properly until probably my junior year of college as a neurobiology major. And this was only because I was doing a research lab. So that's actually like, you know, I was in the lab, not just doing the pipetting and, you know, cutting, exactly. uh, dissecting, but also having to learn how to read stuff. And I feel like... Research opportunities, summer research opportunities. Definitely, yeah. Exactly. Summer yeah. research opportunities are usually very selective, and anybody who doesn't get into a research um, uh, team as part of their undergrad experience is missing out on 90% of the college experience academically. For science, at least. Yep, definitely. And yeah, and that's awesome. And I think that's like definitely great advice, and thank you for that. And yeah, I think that's pretty much all the questions I had at the moment for this episode. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, This is Alex and this is Turtle Next on Neurotech signing out.